This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or across the coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's Word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grounded Podcast. Today we're going to start part two of, what are we on, Mark 6? Yes. Yeah, Mark 6. Um, but before we do, we're going to pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. I'm praying this time. Okay, you, you, you pray. Hey, and you can finish it. Let's do it. I'll start it, you can finish it. How's that? All right. <laughs> Father, thank you for uh, allowing us to gather together tonight and study your word. Just thank you. The power of your word it does not go forth void, Lord. It changes lives. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And it pierces yeah. deep within, so much deeper than anything we could ever say or do. Just thank you for your grace, your mercy, your compassion, your long-suffering with us. You're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to the repentance and have everlasting life with you. And we thank you that you've made a way for us to have salvation in your son, Jesus Christ. And I know as we in the States here are looking uh, to Christmas, and many people look at Christmas as the birth of our Savior, Jesus. Um, Father, we're just thankful that you put on flesh and that you walked among us, you tabernacled, you dwelt among yeah. us. Yeah. Father, we just thank you that you willingly, or Jesus willingly laid down his life for us, that, and he became our Passover lamb, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 5, 7. And we're thankful for the sacrifice he made on our behalf, and he paid our, our sin debt. He paid the penalty for the price for our sin that we can be forgiven. And Father, I just pray for those who do not know you as Lord and Savior this Christmas season be the best gift that they could ever receive, and that's salvation through Christ. As we study about the hands and the feet of Jesus tonight, Father, as your people, help us to put our hands to the plow and get to work for your kingdom, uh, that others may hear about you and have the opportunity to accept you as Lord and Savior. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So, as I said in my prayer, we're going to talk about being the hands and the feet of Jesus. Mm. So, what does that mean? Because we say it in the church all the time. We hear Christian people, people who follow Jesus. Hands, gonna be your feet. I'll go away, send me. Go away, send me. So, what does it mean? That we are going to be the physical body representing Christ. That we're going to do the works that he has called us and empowered us to do. The things that he's commanded of us. We're going to be obedient to, to do what he's commanded us to do. Right. So you said the magical word that we're going to talk about here in just a second. That's what I've been adding in my note before we got started. Okay. That four-letter word that nobody likes. Obey. Work. Oh, well, work. Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, to, to, to work means you're going to be obeying mm-hmm. because there's a lot of commands, you know, and, it, it, and it's like I said in my prayer a while ago, but Jesus says those who put their hands to the plow and look back is not fit for the kingdom of God, right? Mm-hmm. So in other words, he's assuming that we're going to work because that's what farmers do when they put their hands to the plow. Have you ever plowed before? Um, I've tilled in the garden. Yeah, me too. I've never plowed, but I've tilled. That thing beats you to death, right? It's a lot of work. Gardens, just a little garden. I've done it once in my life. I'll never do it again. Well, I shouldn't say never. What and that what Pastor Larry said? Never say never. Right. <laughs> Lord, because <laughs> you got gardening stuff in the backyard, so yeah, I shouldn't say never. Please don't make me till. <laughs> <laughs> what? You don't want to work? Thought you wanted to be the hands and feet of Jesus. <laughs> it's a lot of work to do a garden. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> a lot of work keeping the weeds out and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so let's dig in a little deeper about what it means to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Some questions that I want to ask is: when we look at Jesus um, and what He did, do people see that in us? Because when we're we're studying the book, and we're, obviously we've only done five chapters, but in those five chapters, it's packed with all these things that Jesus did, mm-hmm. right? Do people see that in us? Us personally as his followers, mm-hmm. me and Shelby at this table, our families, our children, our our churches, yeah. you know? 
Um, because if we're going to say that we are the hands and the feet of Jesus, then do people see Jesus when they see when they look at our lives? Mm-hmm. Are we literally being the hands and the feet of Jesus? When we look at, you know, let's take Jesus out of the equation for a second, because obviously Jesus ascended back to the Father, right? Mm-hmm. And he had handpicked 12 disciples, and he poured himself into those 12 disciples for three years, and then he left right. them in charge, right? And he said, you know, you're going to stay in Jerusalem and wait for the promise of my Father. This happens in Acts 2. The Holy Spirit falls on them. Mm-hmm. He empowers them. And then they go they go out. And so... <clears throat> he says, greater works than... Oh, that's a good one. You will do. Yeah. Greater works. There's works. the works. There's the word again. I didn't even think about that. That's actually a good scripture. Think about bring that back up in a few minutes. So when we look at the disciples in the book of Acts, and we see all these things that they're doing, the 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 teachings, the miracles. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got Peter walking past people and his shadows is healing. Is healing mm-hmm. people. Well, I mean, we've talked about this many times, but, and I don't know the answer to this. I don't understand why it's this way. Um, because you know, we've been discussing a lot lately about what well, I have anyway with you. And obviously with Adam, Sunday morning, we were talking about it. You know, why, why more times than not, I've prayed for people. You were talking about a while ago, you pray for, you pray for people all the time. You pray for a lot of people and nothing happens. When Jesus prayed for people, it ha- something happened every time. Right, right. When the disciples, I mean, obviously Peter's walking by in his shadow is healing people. Mm-hmm. Who was it? Was it Paul passed, that had the handkerchief? Right, the cloth. The cloth, yeah. Cloths that were prayed over and then they were taking the you know, sick people. Now today you got Peter Popoff, yeah. and that's really his name, Peter Popoff with his miracle water, you know, you know, on the infomercials at 3 o'clock in the morning. No. Yeah. But... Uh, I uh, can't believe I mentioned Peter Popoff on my podcast. But anyway, when I think about being the hands and the feet of Jesus, and I, and I look at what Jesus was doing, and I look at what the disciples were doing in, in Acts chapter 2, we talked about, I think it was in the last podcast, we, we had the same Holy Spirit that they have. Mm-hmm. We have the same. We serve the same Jesus that they serve. We serve the same God that they serve. They're, they're living inside of us through the power of the Holy Spirit. So obviously... We do pray for people and miracles happen, right? Mm-hmm. We do pray for people and, and, and God does, because we're not going to put God in a box and say, no, that he doesn't do this stuff anymore. But obviously, we'd be lying if we didn't say it doesn't happen as much. Mm-hmm. Because every time Jesus, he, he always healed the people. Right. The disciples always healed the people. But we, so does that mean we're not being the hands and feet of Jesus if we don't see that stuff happening? And that's why I'm asking, what does it mean to be the hands and feet of Jesus? We are still acting in faith. And we're asking in faith when we're praying over people. Right? When we're asking for people to be healed or them to be provided for or for them to be saved or set free. You know, we are still doing the works of Jesus. Um, but... Just because we don't see the answer manifested right away doesn't mean that we're not doing our part to participate, right? The scripture that says some some plant, others water, others get to harvest, mm-hmm. right? But we all get to share in that harvest. Um, so sometimes we've just planted a seed. Which is worse. Sometimes, sometimes we've just watered a seed that somebody else planted. Sometimes we get the joy of praying with somebody for them to receive Christ. And in in that instance, we get to be part of the harvest, right? But I think we're, in all of those aspects, we're still doing the works that God has called us to do. We're still being his hands and his feet, you know, um, whether you're feeding or giving something to somebody who's homeless or um, whether you're praying over somebody for hope and comfort or due to sickness, infirmity, we're, we're still being his hands and feet. So what I hear you saying is meeting people's needs. Yeah. I think there are some things that we don't understand about healing for sure on this side of heaven. 
I wish I understood it all too. There's a lot of stuff we don't understand. I'd, I'd much rather have a hundred percent record. <laughs> Jesus has, <laughs> and and in my walk as a believer, I have come to just this realization: I would rather err on the side of faith. And if I blow it, if I miss it, if mm. I if I even pray something that's not um, that I didn't hear the Lord say or that I'm, I'm not sure, Lord, if this is your will to heal this person right now or, or not, you know, and I don't want to get into a debate over that, but just, you know, if, I, if I've said the wrong thing, I'm going to err on the side of faith. Yeah. And I'm going to ask and I'm going to seek and I'm going to knock regardless of what outcome I see manifested on the earth. Yeah. You know, John said it. If he wrote everything that Jesus did, there wouldn't be enough books in the world to mm-hmm. contain it. But, right. but what a lot of people don't realize is Jesus didn't heal everybody. When, at the pool of Bethesda, there's, we know about the one guy that Jesus healed, right? Mm-hmm. But there were lots of people there, there was that didn't probably hundreds healed. of people gathered around. Because that was their hope when that... Water got stirred. Stirred, yeah, mm-hmm. by the angel. Um the first, you know, the, the first one in got the healing, whatever, and so there's a competition there, and there was a lot of people around that pool because that water was their hope. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of people there that needed healing that day, and only one person got healed that we know of that mm-hmm. we're told about. I mean, we just read in the last chapter Jesus went to his hometown Nazareth, and the disbelief was so bad he could only do a handful of miracles. He healed a few sick people. And that was it. And there was a tons of needs that needed to be met. What's funny, though, is that that scripture, it's like, what an awesome progress report report card would that be for us? Hey, we prayed and some people got healed. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, even, if it, even if it is just a few people got healed, we would be ecstatic over that. Mm-hmm. You know, why, why is that not the case all the time? Lord, help us understand. I don't know. But, you know, for him, he could only do. It's, it's such a flip, right? Oh, yeah. Just in the verbiage, even. He could only do a few miracles and heal a few sick people. Well, it even said that he marveled. He, he was at wonder. He, he was amazed at their unbelief. Right. Which is why. Um, I had a thought. I just lost it. Lord, help me in my, <laughs> help me in my unbelief. I do believe. Yeah. Help me in my unbelief. And, and, and so we're going to take a look at that in just a second. Uh, this word works. Mm-hmm. And, and the disciples, because the disciples are going to be taken over for Jesus. And so they, they've been like the helpers, if you will. They, they've been on the, not really on the outside, but they've been watching Jesus from a distance do all this stuff, teach all these amazing things. And people are in awe of his authority, right? And, and he's, Casting out demons, he's healing withered hands. He's the quadriplegic jumping up immediately and picking up his mat, and taking mm-hmm. off, and the twelve-year-old dead girl is breathing again, right? Mm-hmm. And, and 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 so as, when we talk about being the hands and the feet of Jesus, Jesus is fixing to give the disciples a trial run, basically, because mm-hmm. he's fixing to empower them and pair them up by you know in pairs uh, by two. And they're going to go out in these villages and preach and teach. They're going to get a you know a shot at doing this and see what it's like. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the podcast, we're going to mention one guy in particular because a lot of people um, don't think about this, but there was one who was going to betray Jesus, right? But even this guy was the hands was an example of what it was what it means to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Judas Iscariot was filled with the same Holy Spirit. Was empowered, given the same authority to go and preach the kingdom of God mm-hmm. and to work miracles, whether we like that or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's just the facts. And so, even Judas, up until a certain point, he shows us what it's like to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it all boils down. Okay, so it boils down to this: meeting people's needs. That's what we do today. Mm-hmm. Can we work miracles? Yes. Maybe not to the extent of what Jesus did. Maybe not to the extent of what the disciples did, but that was, that also too, and this is an easy explanation, I know, but 
<clears throat> there was a certain point in time the gospels knew there, there was no Bible. There was it, it was Jesus and his men. Then Jesus has gone back to the Father. The Holy Spirit comes down, fills these 12 men or the 120, whichever one you want to look at in, in the book of Acts. And they went out and did these miracles. They, they didn't have this, so they had to have something mm-hmm. to back up their message. Because anybody could go and proclaim, you know, uh, this message of the gospel. And they're like, why would I believe that? Well, watch this. Boom. Work a miracle. Hey, mm-hmm. there's something to this. So. Confirmed his word with signs and wonders. Yeah. So do we pray for people to be healed? Yes. Do we pray for people, you know, um, to, to get over their sickness or whatever? Yes. Um, so it boils down to meeting people's needs and works the the ugly four-letter word um i was thinking about the um well so as individuals followers of christ do people see jesus in us are we are we literally being the hands and feet of jesus like we claim when people when people look at our churches today mm-hmm. and this is what pastor was talking about sunday in his prayer in the prayer time talking about the apathy of the church or not not apathy mm-hmm. was it apathy mm-hmm. Look, mm-hmm. okay and because I, 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 I get that mixed up with lethargic because I always say lethargic um, because ch- churches today are lazy Christians today are lazy we, we don't want to work we don't want we don't want to think about because we work 40, 50, 60, 70 hours a week we don't want to think about coming to church and working mm. or let me put it a different way we don't want to think about serving the Lord serving Jesus as work mm-hmm. I put this in my notes. It probably offends somebody when I say this, but you know, there's, there's the welfare system is good. It, it was meant for good, right? Mm-hmm. When, the, when, when the government came out with the welfare system. But let's just be honest. There's people today in 2023 that takes advantage of the welfare system. Mm-hmm. They don't want to work, and so they come up with the ways that you know they, they can cheat the system. Mm-hmm. And we do the same thing as Christians. Mm-hmm. We've said this in several podcasts lately, but we want the Savior, but we don't want the Lord. We want we want the benefits of a Savior, but we don't want somebody telling us what to do. We don't want a master. We don't want a Lord. We want to go to heaven, but we don't want to get our hands dirty. We don't want to work mm-hmm. because we work enough at work. Mm-hmm. But if we're if we're going to be the hands and the feet of Jesus, the, I mean the scriptures. Is, Plain and clear, we got to work. Mm-hmm. We got to, and to meet people's needs, that means we got to get involved in other people's lives, which is another subject. Sometimes it's messy. Yeah. Oh, it's very, oh, I'm glad you said that. I'll come back to that in just a second, but keep that thought in mind. Um, but social media, especially, you know, texting, cell phones, texting, social media, people don't want to get involved in people's lives. It's easier, you know. We don't like to have conversations. We would rather text than have a conversation with somebody. Mm-hmm. People don't even want to pick up their phone and call somebody anymore. We would rather send a message on Facebook Messenger or a text. And they certainly don't want to meet face-to-face. And and, and so social media, it's just the way our day and time is. So it makes even this even more difficult. But what you were talking about, about getting messy, it, it's messy and we don't want to get messy. We want to keep to ourselves and live in our own little world, our own little bubble, you know, mind our own business. But the Bible makes it clear. Paul says we're going to get involved in other people's lives. Mm-hmm. That's what Jesus did. That's what the disciples did. If we're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus, we have to. And I was thinking about the um, um, that episode of The Chosen where Jesus is not even shown the whole episode. And the disciples are sitting at a table and they're, they're fussing and they're complaining the whole time. And then at the very end, I mean, the last 30 seconds to a minute, Jesus comes to walk on past the table, and they all just shut up, and they just look at him. And then the camera shows him, and he's just full of blood and mud and dirt. I mean, he's just nasty. And he don't even say anything to the disciples, and they just, they're just staring at him. And he gets to the, the little hut that he's sleeping in, and he turns around and says something to his mom mm-hmm. about being tired and going to bed. Mm-hmm. And he goes in and... And then it goes off. And, it, and it's a perfect picture of, of this. If we're going to be in the hands and the feet of Jesus, what did he do? He got his hands. He, he literally, he, he had been working all day long. Mm-hmm. People coming to him, you know, and heal me, heal this, cast this demon out. And mm-hmm. so he was working, right? 
<clears throat> so um, some scriptures. I just picked out four scriptures about this being the hands and feet of Jesus, meeting people's needs and working, right? Mm-hmm. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toll is not in vain in the Lord. Mm-hmm. So just right there in that one verse, abounding in the work of the Lord and knowing that your toll. Mm-hmm. Toil is a, it's a hard work. Hard work. John six twenty nine. Jesus answered and said to them, "This is the work of God that you believe in Him, whom He has sent." And what a lot of people, you know, they, you know, you hear people say, "Well, you know, believe, I believe on believe on the name of the Lord, and you'll be saved." But what people don't understand that word that that word believe it it it. it Captivates a whole lot more than just okay. I'm, I'm believing. I believe in God. No, it, it there's you believe in God, but it also it, there's some action in that word. It's by life. Yeah, explain that. That's where the root, um, from what I understand, of the word belief means by uh-huh. your life. You demonstrate what you believe. Which is James two. Faith without works is dead. Right. By the way you live your life, other people can see what you believe. And so my answer to your question earlier is, yes, I, sh- I surely hope so, that we are doing the works of God, that we are walking in his ways, that we are um, following his commands to love him first and to love our neighbors as ourselves. And... Um, Hopefully, people know that if they feel like they need prayer, they need direction, they need some encouragement, that they can come to us. I mean, to you individually on your job, to me individually on my job, um, to us collectively as a church body, and say, Hey, I'm really struggling with this right now. Pray with me, mm-hmm. you know, or pray for me. And, and that's the whole point I'm trying to, to that I'm trying to draw out here is do people see that if, if we claim to follow Christ and be a disciple of Christ and be in the hands and feet of Jesus do people do that mm-hmm. do people know that they can come to us mm-hmm. not just you and me and Shelby but just as an individual who follows Christ who is a member of the Lord's body do people know that they can come to you as an individual to get their needs met or to be prayed for. So if, if we claim to be the hands and the feet of Jesus, then we gotta be the hands and feet of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, I know it's elementary, but it's, it kinda goes back to what we were talking about Sunday. You know, you can't just sit around and wait for Jesus to pop up back on the scene and take us all out of here. But uh, as you go, make disciples. Yeah, as, as you, you go. go. Yeah. 1 Corinthians 3, 9 says, Paul says, For we are God's fellow workers. Mm-hmm. Fellow workers. Which means God's working. And we're his fellow workers. We're, we're working, working right along with him. Mm-hmm. You are God's field. You are God's building. Colossians 1, 10. So that you will walk. And this is, the, this is the verse I was thinking about when you were just saying what you were just saying. Uh, Colossians 1, 10. So that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. In other words, your life should show... Right, Jesus, right? So that you you will walk, you live your daily life in a manner worthy of the Lord to please Him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work mm. and increasing in the knowledge of God. So that's that's our main task is to work to produce fruit. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. All you Grinded Podcast listeners, I know you enjoy some good music, but I want to tell you about some awesome music. Now, my friend, Mary Gamboa, she's also the worship leader at the church where I worship, called Authentic Church here in Alcoa, Tennessee. We'd love to invite you to come out and check us out sometime when you get a chance. Start at 10 a.m. And we're on Lindsay Street here in Alcoa. Mary has produced a new album called Jealous. 
and you can check that out anywhere music is being streamed but you can also check it out at marygamboamusic.com that's mary g-a-m-b-o-a music.com go check that out Obviously, we don't mean that we're to be the literal hands and feet of Jesus. That'd just be weird because Jesus is in heaven. But uh, it, it, it's a metaphor. Okay, it was Jesus doing this stuff. He went back to the Father, sends the Holy Spirit down to the disciples. They were the hands and feet of Jesus. They did everything in the name of Jesus. All 12 of those guys are gone. The 120 is gone. The ones they passed on the Spirit to, like Philip, they're all gone. So who's left? We are. Mm-hmm. And so we can't sit on Jesus. We don't, we don't need to hoard up Jesus. We need to be generous mm-hmm. and pass him out. Be that light on the hill. Not hide it under the bushel No, Right? Mm-hmm. All right, Shelby. So let's talk about the disciples being the hands and the feet of Jesus. What does that mean? And, and so the reason why I even brought all this up is because of Mark 6, 6 through 13, where Jesus is going to empower these 12 guys to go out and proclaim the kingdom mm-hmm. and work miracles. All right. So read for us Mark 6, 6 through 13. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village Calling the twelve to him, he began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over impure spirits. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, Leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. All right, so Jesus only spends three to three and a half years with these, these guys. I'm not exactly sure where we are, maybe a year into this, maybe, I don't know, six months to a year. I've never done the timelines. But Jesus has been setting the example for these guys. They've been hearing him teaching the synagogues, teaching in the neighborhoods. Now they're going from village to village, and they're watching Jesus show the example of, okay, he's teaching with authority, and he's casting out demons, he's healing people, he's raising the dead, and then Jesus looks at him and says, okay, your turn. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> no, we're your helpers. No, you're, you're going to go out and do this. And, oh, by the way, you're not taking any extra clothes, no extra underwear, you, you know, nothing. You know, like when we went on our cruise, you know, we overpacked. Mm-hmm. Especially me. I packed more than you did. I mean, my, my suitcase, it, it was running over, right? And, and we had all these extra... Jesus says, nope, you're not taking anything. Don't take extra coat. Don't take extra uh, shoes. Don't take any money. Don't even take any food. All you can take is a staff. staff. Mm-hmm. In other words, you're going to have to rely on your faith in God. God's going to, have to be your Jehovah Jireh. He's going to provide for you. And when you find a place to stay, you stay there in that town until you, you know, until you've you've done your job and then you move on. And if if they reject your message, you shake the dust off your feet. We'll talk about that a little bit toward the end. But Jesus is saying, "All right, boys, it's your turn. Let's see what you got." Um, and so, <clears throat> who are these twelve guys? They're, they're not rabbis. They're not trained ministers. They don't have Bible degrees. What? They didn't go to seminary? <laughs> they didn't go to seminary. <laughs> they just... They, they just, didn't spend four years at a Bible college? No. No, no degrees. It's ridiculous. But they, they're fishermen. They studied with the master. Yeah. They studied the master. Yeah. They're fishermen... Tax collectors, they're, they're, they're despised people. They're the low, low lice, if you will. The unlearned and ignorant, as they were called in Acts 4 mm. by the Sanhedrin, right? They were just your ordinary average dudes. That's what they were. And Jesus says, it's your turn. You go out here and you preach about the kingdom. And you, you go to these villages. You're going to these people you don't know. 
And by the way, these Pharisees, these religious leaders, uh, that they've already started plotting to kill me. And you're going out here doing the same thing that I'm doing. You're, and by the way, you're going to be hated for my name's sake. So you're, you're going, you're sheep amongst the wolves. Mm-hmm. Danger, danger, Will Robertson. <laughs> right. So no pressure, right? Okay. Um, I can remember the the when when I first told my past when I was nineteen, and that's when I was playing drums in in that big assembly of God church. And I I went to my pastor. I said, I'm I'm called to preach, and he gave me this book called God's Armor Bearer to read and to study. And I did that and, and I read it. And I did a little report and I turned it in to him. He said, All right, you're preaching Wednesday night. I was like, Well, what what? <laughs> he said, Yeah, you're gonna preach Wednesday night. And uh, so I. I um, Prepared a sermon, scared to death, nervous as all get out. You know, on Wednesday night, you don't think there's a whole lot of people there, but this is a church of 600 or so, and there's about 200 people there, and which is a lot for your first time to ever preach, to get in front of you know, mm-hmm. that many people and preach. And I preached on heaven. And, you know, when, and I even still do this. When, when I prepare something to preach or just speak, like if I do a communion or whatever, I'll prepare it. And in my mind, it's like, this is going to be really good. And that's what I did with that sermon. You know, in my mind, it sounded really good. And my delivery was terrible because I was so nervous. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't think. And and then my I didn't realize my boss was there. I didn't see him in the crowd. And that next morning, he was making fun of me of some of the stuff that I said. And I was like, ah, I don't know if I can do this anymore or not. Just, I'm just not fit for this. That's how bad it was in my mind anyway. And... Um, it was so embarrassing, and and I could just think of the just the, the pressure that I, that I felt just from preaching, and these and, and that's from in front of people that I knew. These these guys, these twelve men, are going to people they don't know. Mm-hmm. They've never cast out a demon up to this point. After I remember, they haven't they haven't healed anybody. They've watched Jesus do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. They haven't been to seminary. They 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 may know some scriptures from when they were kids. You know, right. growing up in synagogue, um, but now they're 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 it. They're the show, if you will. It's probably a bad way to put it, but they are. They're, they're the example now, not Jesus. My my friend, who is a physician, said in medical school, "It's see one, do one, teach one." That's how you learn to practice medicine. Uh-huh. See one, then you do one. Then you teach one. Yeah, I, I've and always it helps said. to solidify it in your brain. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, think about it. They they have seen him do it, and this is their chance to do one, mm-hmm. right? And then when they begin to make their own disciples, that's their opportunity to teach one. And we see that through Acts. That mm-hmm. I've always said that. If you want to learn, because people say, I don't know the Bible very well, and I, I wish I knew it better. Well, get in there and teach it. Teach a young person's class. Teach the youth. You know, teach teach an adult class. Right. Because the, the best way to learn the Bible is to teach it. I learn as much from my students as they learn from me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've learned more doing this podcast mm-hmm. over the past three years than I've ever learned. In, mm-hmm. in any, I mean, I went to a four-year seminary. Well, right. one seminary is a Bible college, but same difference. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've learned more doing the podcast because it makes you study. It makes you get in the Word and dig and dig. And then the Lord, the Holy Spirit, who reveals stuff yeah. to you. And you're like, oh, this is pretty cool. So um, the spotlight now is going to be on, on these 12 men. And Jesus is going to give them some instructions. He says, take nothing for your journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money. In your belts, wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. Uh, and whenever you enter a house, stay where, uh, stay at that house and, until you leave that town. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> they, they don't have any idea how long this journey is going to be. They don't know how far they're going to be traveling. They don't know how many villages they're going to be visiting. They don't know how many towns they're going to be going into. Uh, and yet the only thing that they're allowed to take is uh, the staff. That's it. Which means, well, like I said a while ago, they're going to have to rely on God. And that's mm-hmm. what Jesus is saying. And that's what Jesus 
in their presence, right? Mm -hmm. We don't have that today. So we really have to rely on our faith in God, mm -hmm. which Hebrews 11, 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God, right? Mm -hmm. But we feel, uh, I, I speak for myself, but I, I hear from other people, we, we feel inadequate. Like I just said, a lot of people mm -hmm. don't feel like they know the scriptures. And we don't have Jesus standing beside us, cheering us on. You got this. You can do this. Go get it. <laughs> Even though he is doing that. He's sitting right. following right. right hand, making intercession for us every day. And he's praying right. for us on our behalf every day. But we can't physically see him with our eyes. Right. We don't see that. Um, but he is there cheering us on. And Hebrews 12 says that we're surrounded by a great cloud great of witnesses cloud. You know, mm -hmm. that are cheering us on. You think of a football stadium with the people cheering on their football team. That's, mm -hmm. that's basically what's going on. To use the big sports analogy. So they're they're going to go out and they're going to preach and they're going to teach and they're going to be showing us what it's like to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. And that they never hesitate. They don't buckle under any kind of pressure if there was any pressure at all. It doesn't seem to be, but you know we weren't there, so we don't really know. Uh, but Mark says in verse 12, they went out and they preached that the people should repent and they drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them, mm. right? Yeah. Healed them. And so their message was a message of repentance uh, and they preached about the kingdom of God and they were saying things like, you know, if you want in, you got to repent, which means to turn away, do a 180 from... Change your thinking, yeah, right. And change correspondent change of action. Right. It's the same message that John the Baptizer was preaching, mm -hmm. right? Because John's message was a message of repentance, right? Um, it was the same message Jesus was preaching. Repent but the difference... Be baptized, right? Yeah, exactly. And, but the difference between their message and John's message was John never worked any miracles. People were coming out to him out in the wilderness. He's preaching about repentance, and he was baptizing people in the Jordan River. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus was healing people. He's backing up the message. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's here. Let me prove it to you. Here's miracles, right? Mm -hmm. John's message was the kingdom of God is near. Jesus shows up, is baptized. At the age of 30, his ministry starts. The kingdom of God is at hand. John, mm -hmm. he must increase. I must decrease. And then he loses his head. He's dead, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so Jesus is... Um, preaching repentance and he's working miracles then the disciples here they are they're preaching the kingdom of god they're preaching repentance and they're working miracles mm -hmm. uh, and then we see this all throughout the book of acts even after the disciples um we have like stephen for example in acts chapter 6 verse 8 philip in acts chapter 8 obviously the apostle paul who was saul at one time who was persecuting christians now he's working for the lord and he's doing miracles um and so if, if we claim to be the hands and the feet of Jesus, then we have to have the same message. When you said it earlier at the beginning of the podcast, it's a message of hope, mm -hmm. which is what people desperately need today is hope. Mm -hmm. I, heard, I was listening to one of my podcasts today, I think it was Joey Martin, and he was talking about how, and I, may, I may not have been here, maybe one of the others, I don't know. I listen to so many, I get, they all run together, but... It's talking about how we we live in one of the greatest times ever, and we have all this stuff. We got the most knowledge, and we got everything at our fingertips. Mm -hmm. Yet suicide rates are higher than they've ever been. People are lonely more than they've ever been. Social isolation, right? And they said that people are are staying single now instead of being married. Mm -hmm. The singleness rate is higher than marriage rates now. Singleness rate is at fifty one percent. Compared to forty nine percent being married, um, it. But um, I, f I forgot the point I was making. What was I saying before that? Well, we got all. We got, we've gotten. Well, my point I think was that we're just not getting involved in. Other, we're 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 withdrawing and we're staying to ourselves and we're and, and we're, if we're claiming to be the hands and the feet of Jesus, we have to get outside of ourselves and get involved in other people's lives and we have to work. Mm -hmm. our, our message has to be a message of hope. Mm -hmm. that, that's the point I was making, is the message of hope, because people need hope. And, and people need Jesus. And we've, we've, if we have a relationship with Jesus like we claim to have, 
and we know what the difference that Jesus makes in people's lives and what he's made in our own personal lives. Right, right. Why would we not want sharing? Right. Why would we not want to plant and work right. and water so that he can bring increase? But I've said this statistic before in other podcasts, but it's one that I learned back in college, and this was back in 2001. I don't think it's improved at all since then. But less than 3% of people who claim to follow Christ have ever converted somebody to Jesus. 3%. It's frightening. That's sad. Right. When I just read a verse that that says that we're to bear fruit, that's right. our that's our goal because we want to take people to heaven with us. Right. Or we should. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, make disciples of all nations. I mean, some pretty clear directives <laughs> that what we are supposed to do as believers. Mm-hmm. And you got to wonder how, how many people have prayed over somebody who was sick and seen healing. How many how many people have raised the dead? I've prayed over a couple of dead people, but nobody's gotten up and out of the casket yet. I did the same thing. So, I had a, you know, I, I mean, uh, have I, I've not had an opportunity to meet people with leprosy and, and pray for them to be healed. Um, I like to think that I would be bold enough to do that. Um, but, you know, and as we go make disciples, you know, I think there's definitely been some disciple making happening throughout my walk with the Lord. Um, I don't think any of us do it perfectly, but, you know, yeah. If you get, if you look at even just those few directives, how many of us are doing those things? Yeah. So you just said something that, that it, it's key. The, you said something about boldness mm-hmm. to do that. And I ashamedly will admit this, but like, and it's even happened. Maybe it was today, or maybe been Saturday when I was I was at Walmart, and there was this guy walking with this limp. And I thought I literally thought to myself I would love to go pray for him, and he and he just that limp just go away. But I didn't do it because I was scared that it wouldn't. If I prayed for him and it didn't happen, what would he think about God? Mm-hmm. So I didn't do it. Well, mm-hmm. and how many of us do that very thing? We have that battle mm-hmm. mentally. Um, what happens if I pray and I ask and I and I say in the name of Jesus and nothing happens? Mm-hmm. Well, if you've heard Todd White's uh, testimony about how he started praying over people and you know just lifestyle Christianity, he was talking about trips to Walmart that would take several hours because they'd be praying. <laughs> he and his daughter would pray over every sick person oh, that wow. they they came across, everybody who was in a wheelchair, everybody who was a limp or a cane or whatever, you know, that um, their quick errands to Walmart were never quick errands. Yeah. <laughs> but that how many people they prayed over before they started seeing miracle after miracle after miracle. You know, um, and and I think it takes us being bold enough to ask, seek, and knock. And yeah, there are going to be some times when we don't see it manifest. You know, but what happens if we do it enough? You will say it. Yeah. Yeah. So you're talking about praying for dead people in the casket. I had a neighbor that she lost her daughter in a car accident. And about a year later, her husband died, and she said, she'll say, and I believe it too, that he died of a heartache over his daughter. Mm-hmm. And uh, but he had a heart attack and died, and she was running around screaming. I'm like, what in the world's going on? So I dashed out of the house and ran over there, and there he dead body laid right there in the kitchen floor, and I just automatically went down and and just started praying that hey God raise him up, raise him back to life. It didn't happen. Yeah. And I was praying that out loud, so the people who were, you know, like the paramedic came in and was working on him and stuff, and she couldn't bring him back or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So it didn't happen. And so that's one of the reasons why I don't have the confidence that I should have in the mm-hmm. moment. So I'm, I'm talking to myself in this podcast today. But, um, because it was kind of embarrassing. 
Because yeah. I'm praying, Lord, bring him back to life, but it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's one, you know, I, that, I'm not, I, I think it's okay to question God. Because there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff that we don't understand. Mm-hmm. But when we question God, then walk away and not stay faithful to God. We're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Don't, you know, and so I don't, I don't really, I don't understand why he does things and he does not do things. Like you said, well, although Jesus's record was a hundred percent, the disciples record was a hundred percent. Mine, not so much. And I don't understand why that is the way it is. Mm-hmm. But God, but I'm not going to put God in a box and say, no, he doesn't do this anymore because God mm-hmm. can do whatever he wants to. He can, he can speak a word and change a situation just like that mm-hmm. in the blink of an eye. And he does. We see it all over the world. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't, I don't know how to answer that, but I know I lost a lot of confidence. And so I, you know, I have to build that back up. Like you said, that guy and his daughter, whoever was praying in Walmart and it took hours mm-hmm. and hours. So there are some things that I have to work on. My confidence is, has waned a little bit. And like I said, you, you know, like what, you know, Carrie said some, asked you one time, or, you know, am I praying in the spirit with you? And I was like, I haven't done that in a long time. So I'm not there yet. And I have to, I have to build that boldness back up and stuff like that because, you know, just for whatever reason. Anyway, we'll move on. Um, the only thing that matters when we take our last breath is if we're washed in the blood of Jesus or not. If we're saved, if we've been if we've been following Jesus, right? That's mm-hmm. the only thing that's gonna matter. Not how big our bank account is, no matter how many cars we have, not how big our house is. None of that matters. Mm-hmm. When our heart beats for the last time, we take our last breath, we take our first breath in, in in eternity, the only thing that matters is, am I washed in the blood of Jesus Christ or not? And if we have been washed in the blood of Jesus, why in the world would we not tell people? Right. Why would that not be enough motivation to work? Mm-hmm. That's what Paul says. The love of Christ compels me. It controls me. It, can, it gets me motivated. Mm-hmm. You know, so we got to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. And, and the hand, being the hands and the feet of Jesus means that we got to get involved in people's lives and we have to meet needs. Pray for them. Whatever, you know, if you listen to people, if you'll take, you know, that's why James says, be quick to listen, listen, slow to speak, slow, just keep your mouth shut and listen. People will tell you what their need is, mm-hmm. needs. And if you have the means, to, it don't always involves money. Right. We can meet people's needs without money. Right. But it means we have to get involved in their lives. Right. Sometimes it's time. Sometimes it's a listening ear. Yeah. Sometimes, Sometimes it's it, cooking a meal or delivering a meal. There's a little bit of effort, right? A little bit of effort. In verse 11, uh, Mark said, "If any, uh, what Jesus taught his disciples, if any, if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. In other words, I know you haven't done this before. You're going out on your own, sending you out. The sheep among wolves, but hey, you got this. I'm, I'm empowering you to do so. You're going to preach the kingdom of God. You're going to work these miracles. You're going to go from village to village, mm-hmm. and the results ain't up to you. You plant, you water. The results are up to God, as Paul says in Corinthians. Um, you just do what I tell you to do. Go out there, preach the kingdom. Give people this message of hope. Work these miracles to show that you mean business. You you meet their needs, and if they don't listen. Check the dust off your feet and move on. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about that. And see, and like when I saw that guy limping, and and I, my first thought was, I need to go pray for him that that limp would go away, that God would heal him. Mm-hmm. But what did I do? I thought about the results. What if this doesn't happen? And so I backed out. I got scared. I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. See, last time I did that, I was I, I, just sure as I'm sitting here. I'm telling you, God said, you go share your faith with this guy who it cleans the floors. It, yeah, it you were telling us. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I locked up and I didn't do it. And that guy got killed in a car wreck two days later. Mm. Had a head-on collision at 65 miles an hour. Yeah. And I, ugh, that's haunted me for, and that was, that was 20, 30 years ago. 
Right. And it's how I've never forgotten it. So Jesus doesn't say everybody's going to believe you. Right. Everybody's going to accept. Well, not everybody believed Jesus. And he's right. Jesus. Exactly. Exactly. Not everybody was receptive to his message. Mm-hmm. Well, even, even in, uh, keep your thought, but even in Acts chapter 2, when Peter preached on the day of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit fell, and he preaches, you know, you, you've crucified Jesus and God's raised him up and he sent the right hand of the mm-hmm. Father. And he says, well, what do we got to do to be saved? And he says, repent every one of you in the name, and, and, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of your sins. It says about 3,000 received his word. There was thousands upon thousands for, mm-hmm. that had gathered for the Feast of Pentecost. So we think 3,000 is a lot, but not compared to the thousands that was there. Right. It's really right. not a whole lot. But it says as many as received his word. Mm-hmm. Not, everybody's, not everybody received Jesus' word. Not everybody's right. going to receive our word. All right, go ahead. Sorry. Just, I mean, it's in my Bible, it's red letters. That means Jesus said it, right? Mm-hmm. And if... Uh, if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, that means that there are going to be some places, some places, some people, some situations where they don't welcome the message, where they don't want to hear it. Right? We were just, we were singing it yesterday. People walking around with their fingers in their ears saying, la, 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 la. I don't want to hear the sound of the coming king. Right? There are some people that don't want to hear a message because it brings conviction. Yeah. You know? They don't want that light shining. Right. I mean, part of the whole repentance message is you are doing something wrong. Change your mind. Change your direction. Mm -hmm. Change your actions. And as humans, we don't like to be told that we're doing things wrong. We don't like to be corrected. It's part of our human nature. We don't want a master. We don't want a lord. Right. We don't want somebody to say, you're doing something wrong. You need to repent. Mm. <laughs> you know, um, but that was the message of the kingdom. Repent and be baptized, right? Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent. Um, and... and that was generally, if you think about what Jesus and the disciples were doing, they were initially ministering to people who were Jews. Yeah. You know, they weren't going out to the ones who were worshiping idols. They were they were going out to people who had some knowledge of the God of Abraham, Isaac, Worship and Jacob. Every Saturday. Right. That that Sabbath day. That had the commands of God. Hmm. But that's who he was saying repent to. Oh, that I remember that cutting off the foreskin of the midsection right. didn't matter right. anymore. You know, but that was the message that they were sent out to proclaim. You know, and if that place doesn't receive you, leave that place, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. We are going to have people who don't like for us to say, you have sinned and you need to repent. Who are you to judge? It's a, right. You're judging me. No. You I'm sin just too. It's just different than me. I'm just telling you what the word says about how you're, how you're living or what you're demonstrating in your life. Mm-hmm. I'm not judging you. But here's what the word says. Let it be a mirror that reflects back to you. Right? I mean, hallelujah that people love me enough to say, you can't continue to live like this. You know? Um, and it wasn't easy to, to hear or to receive. But God prepared my heart for it. Mm-hmm. To receive it. But we got to know that as we go, as we proclaim this message of the kingdom, as we proclaim the gospel of the kingdom, the good news, and and the message of repentance, there are some people that are not going to receive it. There are some people that are not going to like it. And that are, we're going to make some enemies. <laughs> Which is why Jesus said, you're going to be hated for my namesake. Right. Because he shines the light. He is the light. John 8, 12. But like you said, I mean, 
he is our example in every way, right? And there were lots of people that did not like what he had to say. And they try to stone him. Right. They tried to stone him, throw him off a cliff. They plotted how to kill him. And why do we think we would be any different? Yeah. If we're truly living our lives in a way that glorifies God, that um, that seeks to, to walk in his commands, then we are going to, to experience some friction. We're going to experience some kickback. This Christianity stuff not sounding very good. I got to work, and I'm going to be hated, and I'm going right. to be persecuted. And you got to give it all up. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> but it's worth it in the end, though. Amen. <laughs> Amen, lights the be- and walls. The benefits far outweigh the, what, what this, what's in this life, right? All right, so um, as we're in, in, you got anything else you want to add to that? No. So... <clears throat> there's a lot of stuff in, in scriptures, you know, that, that bring all this stuff out. Um, but if we fail to tell people about Jesus, if we fail to put our hands to the plow and work and, and get involved in other people's lives and tell them about Jesus and what he's done for us, then it's, it's what we say, epic fail. We failed mm-hmm. big time. We failed those people. We failed... God, we filled Jesus, we filled the Holy Spirit. Because everything, the way, walk in a worthy manner. Let, you know, what what did Paul say? Imitate me. Right, as I imitate Christ. Yeah. Follow me as I follow him. We better be able to say the same thing. Mm-hmm. So if people are following, and there are people following, you are a leader whether you know it or not. Your kids are watching you. Your co-workers are watching mm-hmm. you. And if we're not leading them to the throne of Jesus, to the throne of God, we're leading them somewhere. Mm-hmm. We lead them to Jesus or we lead them away from Jesus. Right. And we, and we better be leading them, especially if we're going to claim to be the hands and feet of Jesus and to follow Jesus, then we better be leading them to the throne of Jesus, to the throne of God. And that's what it means, literally, to be the hands and the feet of Jesus, that we're pointing people to him, that we're showing his grace, we're showing mercy, and we're showing compassion, and we're giving people a choice. You too can have salvation. You too can be filled with the Holy Spirit. You too can um, do greater works than these. You too can be a part of the kingdom and walk with Jesus on a daily basis, and we give them that opportunity, I hope. You too can drive out demons. You too can anoint sick people with oil and see them healed. So you too can preach that people should repent. <laughs> I'm gonna ask you to pray, but I'll ask this question one last time before we end the podcast. Are we, are you who's listening to this podcast, are you being the hands and the feet of Jesus? Hmm. Say the yes or no. You pray Lord, we want to be your hands and feet. Father, show us how to do that in our daily lives. Whether we're at work, at school, amongst our family, or, or out in the midst of the marketplace in a group of people that we don't know. Yeah. Help us to... to Lean into you to know what to say and when. To to demonstrate the kingdom everywhere we go. To allow your love to be what compels us to share your goodness. God, thank you that um, you see the end from the beginning. And you're Lord over it all. And even even the places where in the past we have failed you, where we've given in to fear, or whether we've been so self-conscious and not God-conscious that we have um, we've not responded to you in obedience. Forgive us. Thank you that you cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And going forward, give us strength, boldness, courage to declare the gospel of the kingdom, to to preach to people, to pray over the sick, 
to see them healed, to see demons driven out. Because you said that we could do all these things. You've given us authority. Mm -hmm. So help us to walk in it. Shine your light in every every dark place, everything that keeps us from from walking in that boldness and that strength and that confidence. But Lord, we lean on you, author and finisher of our faith. And we thank you that you are the one that's in control of the outcomes. You just invite us to participate. So we say, Lord, what are you up to today? And how can we cooperate with you? Show us how. We ask for it all in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Keep grinding. Thanks for listening to the Grounded Podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com or you can text us at 865-418-2824. If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share the Grounded Podcast with a friend. God bless you and remember, keep grinding.